I I went outside before we started recording just to my eyes are on fire because my sister in law has all kinds of cats. Oh no. And I didn't think I didn't remember like, oh yeah, cats. Cause like we got a cat this spring, we've had a cat before, but like a new cat just like has right. this immediate reaction of ah! <laughs> And that's college football season. It's here now. It is. It is. Grabbing your eyes and wanting to tear them out of your head. Grace, yeah. how are you doing? Speaking of. <laughs> I have never been better. Yesterday was amazing. We got seven points from Iowa in the most Iowa way possible. We got that Appalachian State, North Carolina game. I mean, can't ask for a better day than that. Wait, what happened with North Carolina? I, I missed that. Oh, I, was man, at, yeah. I was at the Orioles game. I, I know a lot of things that happened yesterday. I, I'm going to need this show to catch me up on some shit that I didn't get. Oh, no, that App was great. State hung up 40 points in the fourth quarter, um, 40 in one quarter, and still lost. What? Yeah. That's insane. It I was feel great. Like they always yeah. have the weirdest, like, they, did, they beat Michigan one year when Michigan was, they were ranked, I forgot what it was, but that was crazy. What a weird yeah. football team. What's going I mean, that on? was the start of like F- that's like FBS teams starting to like make their presence felt. But they scored forty in a what the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A- App State is in many ways. I've been to a couple games in Boone because I lived in North Carolina for a couple of years. Um, they're delightful for starters. Highly recommended as a as a viewing location, but. App State is sort of like, in many ways, like my perfect college football team because they run entirely on chaos. Nothing that happens makes any sense. It is the weirdest outcome possible, basically, at all times. They're yeah, so they, fun to watch. They They're playing right Texas A&M this, Sunday, this weekend. Amazing. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Maybe there's a – hopefully they'll have an upset, like legitimate upset. Because that's my favorite thing, unless it's a team I like. And then I'm like, <laughs> then it's just embarrassing. We did have a legitimate upset this week. The number seven team in the country lost. And that was actually one of the games that we were paying attention to off of last week's Week Zero show. We were we were waiting on this game. Yeah, and nice. somebody, I remember somebody saying something had happened in that game. And that was the game. <laughs> I remember... In fact, I remember too somebody saying that that was more likely to be the higher ranked team going down than that matchup of two top five teams that might have been called off. I don't know what happened in that game. Um, <laughs> but Florida played Utah. Florida won. Florida is one and zero. Florida. Uh, Britt, I'll I'll just I'll I'll let you run with with Florida here. <laughs> well, speaking of running entirely on chaos. Um... I mean, first of all, purely as like a viewing experience, that game was fun as hell. Like that was uh, the the exact kind of, of college football game that I lived for. So, uh, you know, that was enjoyable. But I think the, the most interesting thing about that game is that Anthony Richardson is somehow exactly what you expect him to be and yet just confuses the ever-loving crap out of opposing defenses. Like, 
he does stuff that is surprising because he's so exceptionally athletic, but also like, you know, that going in, like that's in the scouting report. So to an extent, it shouldn't be surprising, but he just befuddled the Utah defense on a number of occasions. And it was uh, particularly interesting though, because, because he's so athletic and because he manages to buy so much time in the pocket and he can scramble so well. Um, there were about 17 different times when I was like, oh, this play is absolutely going to blow up. You're absolutely going down. And he managed to like juke four defenders in the process. And I was like, oh, well, that, that, that's the first down. Okay, never, never mind. I was wrong. Because Florida hasn't had a quarterback that was athletic like that and that could run like that in a very, very long time. Like that is not their, their model, right? This is, this is a TiVo, Dan Mullen, Steve Spurrier, Danny Werfel's like, it's an air raid offense by and large, like more often than not. And then you've got Billy Napier shows up. He didn't uh, recruit Anthony Richardson, mind, but Billy Napier shows up and it's like, what if we did the exact opposite of that? And it seems to work. There. Yeah, I, I think, you know, do the opposite of what Dan Mullen did at Florida is a valid strategic approach. Do the general. opposite of what Dan Mullen did as head coach, not the opposite of what he did as OC. Because when he, when he was the QB coach, like, you can't say that didn't work. Yes, very much so. And uh, what, what would you say about Dan Mullen and Mississippi State? Would you do the same or would you do the opposite? What are we looking at here as a, as a Dan Mullen philosophy of life? Dan Mullen is such a weird one, right? Because I think that absolutely firing him was the correct call. And I mm -hmm. say that not just because Florida won, <laughs> but like, but it, it was time, right? He needed to go. But also like, his teams were good consistently up until the second half of last season when just like it all fell apart. And I think that that has uh, befallen many a college football coach and NFL coach for that matter before that you can have a really good idea, but um, if you don't know how to regroup when it stops working, that's going to get you fired. Like that's, that's going to be the end of the line because there's just not a lot of tolerance for failure. I mean, you can't you can't go into an SEC school and say, well, I don't know, we lost every game in the second half of the season. Like, eh, it happens. Like, no, that's not an acceptable answer. And when you have a team that is losing in so much the same way week after week after week and you don't see adjustments being made, yeah. I mean, the AD's got to make a call at that point. So I don't think most of what Dan Mullen was incorrect but I think absolutely he was a little bit a victim of his own success in a way. Like he just was very committed to his strategy and he was very committed to Todd Grant of his defensive coordinator, uh, which look, when your DC becomes a meme among fans of your team, that's a bad sign. <laughs> like third and Grantham was a thing for like the entirety of Todd Grantham's tenure. That's not good. Like, that is not what you want out of your coordinator. <laughs> Generally, no. 
it's a little bit like knowing the name of an umpire where it's like, no, if I, if I think too much about who you are, that's a bad sign. Yeah. I, you, I feel like you can know what your defensive coordinator's name is. Um, I mean, for a lot of reasons, you're a fan of the team, but like the defensive coordinator, like if, if you have like a strong feeling about the defensive coordinator, it should be, that guy's crazy. I never know what kind of ridiculous blitz is going to like, um, I can't think. Of course, right now, nobody pops into my mind, but like Steve Spagnola when he was uh, defensive coordinator of the Giants and like drawing up plans to come after Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl. Um, Robert was, Stahl and with the Niners. Yeah. And then, you know, go coach the Jets and, uh, well, that'll be a good view. Pro season starting. We're, we're going to talk about that some too. Um, this is not a football podcast, by the way. I don't think I said that at the start of the show. That's the name of the show is not a football podcast. I'm Jesse. Uh, you heard Brett. You heard Grace. You heard Keelan. We're all here. We're going to be here for as long as you guys let us be here because this is fun. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about college because that started. We'll talk about pro. We'll talk about other stuff. Uh, what else do we want to talk about today? We had other things to talk about today. Dresses with pockets. Dresses with pockets. We like them. Um, and, and yes, bulletspen.com is now a fashion house. Um, and our football specialty is um, long sleeve, unlicensed um, dresses that tend to have one word or a short phrase across the front. Single color. Um, and uh, the, the, the one that I'm actually proud of and, and came up with today um, is a Pittsburgh one that says immaculate on the front in a, uh, font resemblant of say us steel. Um, and then on the back, a number three, um, with a drop shadow, um, that's a three day version, basically of the same font because, well, if you watch the play from Christmas of 1972, a little pass from Terry Bradshaw that Jack Tatum broke up and, you know, what happened after that is uh, open to your interpretation, but certainly if you're from Pittsburgh, that's a good clean touchdown um, all the way 100% of the time, 50 years ago. Um, and you can see as Franco Harris is running down the sidelines, all of the uh, channel three dudes um, in their old suits. So the three on the back of this dress is um, that three. Um, I am not necessarily the person who should be, uh, changing women's sports fashion. Um, but why not? That's what seems to be happening. And I'm, I'm glad to have you guys along for this as well. Um, because somebody's got to do it. I was about to say, we're going to start where we're at. We'll take it. Yeah. Pockets is a huge start. Let you guys pick up the ball and run with it from there. But like, (laughs) seriously, like I went to, you know, this this weekend became big for us at the site because um, Mark Canna summer happened. Um, the Mets started wearing those shirts in their clubhouse, or one shirt in those clubhouse. They're worn by Edwin Diaz. There are reportedly multiple shirts in the clubhouse, according to Tim Britton, um, that he has seen them on chairs or in lockers. So yeah, we're selling stuff at WorldsPen.com. Um, but like Mark Canna summer, part of it is. Um, I went to a Mets game. There's no Mark Canna stuff like in the team store, like none. Like they have Dom Smith shirts. They have Brett Beatty shirts, a rookie who just came up. Like guy that they signed as a free agent in the winter, um, who everybody likes. 
no gear. So like we're doing that. And just generally, like I've listened on the internet for the past 20 years that I was in the sports business. Like I know that there's a dearth of women's sports merchandise out there. So um, yeah, we have a lot of cool, smart women here who can have input and we can also work with, you know, designers who actually know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> unlike me, um, who's just, out here putting words in cool fonts on stuff. Um, so that's fun and cool. Um, yeah, dresses with pockets. Get them now. <laughs> Insert we'll, URL. We'll, we'll, we'll come up with more like to actually, um, you know, have a good uh, user interface to find the things that you're looking for because um, this is my time killing stupid thing now instead of playing candy crush or something i'm i'm in printful like just messing around or in the uh photo app um just messing around with designs because i have nothing better to do well i do have better things to do i have the things i'm procrastinating my actual job which is um but yeah no um yeah, we started with a Mets book project. We now have a football podcast that is not a football podcast, and we're um, we're going to revolutionize the fashion industry. That's what we're going to do. Uh, so one, things are going according to plan. One incredibly silly like. design at a time. Yes, exactly according to plan. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know where to, to go from there. Our I guess I should ask, am I out of my mind? Or maybe I should not. Maybe we all are. The answer to that is not what I'm going to want to. Maybe we all are. But that's why we're here and we'll have some fun. Exactly. Right. Well, and, us and, all being out of our minds is why this would make a good uh, a good podcast. That ice is really clinky. We're the out of our minds. Clinky ice. The podcast. Water. Out of our minds, the podcast. Uh, not a football podcast. I feel like when you were talking about the what did you say? Dan Mullen philosophy of life or something like that. <laughs> I was trying to think of, I was like, now what college coach's philosophy of life would I subscribe to? And I think I'm going to go with uh, <sighs> Mike, Mike Leach just because of his pirate fascination. Did the dude loves pirates? That's a God. solid pick. That's a solid pick. I think the, the problem with this question is that most college football case coaches are sociopaths. They are. So. <laughs> They're real weird. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like making a list in my head. I'm not even making a list, just like more of a like stream of consciousness of like all of the weird, mainly like sex scandals with college coaches the other day. Um, yeah. And like right off the top of my head, it was like uh, Hugh Freeze. Urban Meyer, even though that, was, that wasn't really... Uh, you know, like super, super confirmed. I guess it kind of was confirmed. And then, uh, yeah. what was that Arkansas, Arkansas motorcycle accident guy? Bobby Petrino. Yeah, but yeah, the infamous Bobby Petrino, who I has the best career arc in the history of maybe anyone. No one else has been paid more money to work less. Incredible, incredible. The man is an icon. Good for him. Yeah, I think Bobby Petrino, you look at a, a Nathan Peterman. Uh, that's always <laughs> that is nice work if you can get it. That that just long term Jay Fiedler backup 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's still in the league. Chad yeah. Henney. Yeah. Chad Henney got that Michigan education, and he put that thing to good use. He's just like, yeah, I'm... Just hanging out. I'm going to play behind Patrick Mahomes. That way nobody expects a damn thing if I yeah. can do a game. <laughs> I would rule. Like, like, that is if you want to be a backup, job. like be the backup for like the MVP. Yeah, it's a little bit the football equivalent of being a loogie back when they were still allowed to exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, th- like you get paid well to pitch one inning like every four days, and then just go do God knows what the rest of the time. Two thousand seven New England Patriots punter hours. <laughs> That's what you're looking for. Oh, but speaking of punts, uh, Iowa. Let's talk about Iowa. Oh, my God. Speaking of... That that says it all. Go ahead, Grace. I came back. I went running, and I came back, and my husband was watching that game. He was like, well, this is the most boring game but sadly it's also the most interesting game on tv and i was like huh and then i walked away for five minutes and came back i was like it's in the fourth quarter because <laughs> it was still that like was, oh, i was shocked and i was like oh everybody's tweeting about the score i'll turn this on it's five three thinking it was like pre-halftime <laughs> no there's 11 minutes yeah. left in the game i was like i thought it was at the end of the first quarter maybe yeah. in the second <laughs> quarter and then i was like hold up <laughs> god that's exactly what but it was hilarious. Sort of. <laughs> I can't decide whether I find Iowa like a scourge on the sport for inflicting that on us, or if I think it is just like perfect performance art and I never want it to change. The um, insane part to me is like how loyal their fans are. How many other programs could have that happen? It's, yeah. And they still come back next week. Like they talk so much and it shit. It happens all the time. They yeah. love that team. I just don't understand it. I don't even. And, <laughs> and the wild thing is that I've seen so many people calling for Brian Barrett to get fired, which legitimate. Like, what the hell? Why do you think he has that job, guys? Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the last name here, but. Uh, if anything. You, you may want to be looking at the rest of your coaching staff. Let's. Let's turn that turn that the other way. I think uh, Kirk's gotten stale. It's time time to give Brian the reins. Let him see what he can do and bring Let's this offense, happens. this Iowa offense, into a truly modern concept of seeing if you can win games when you are actually going backwards. <laughs> Punt on first down. Give Brian Ferentz more time and more energy and more space to put in the concepts that are going to bring Iowa where it needs to go. That really would be your, your performance art, Britt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're yeah looking that, for. Would, that would confirm my theory that uh, Iowa may in, ha- in fact be some sort of psyop designed to make the other Power 5 teams feel better about themselves. I, there is There is something to it of like, you're Iowa. You're never going to be successful like trying to do what Ohio State does, trying to do what Michigan, Wisconsin, anybody else. They think they will, though. They th- some, <laughs> but I think 
I think what Kirk at least realized was, yeah, that's not going to happen. And it's, it's the same thing that, you know, you can, the, the most famous example, this is probably Prince in basketball uh, running the backdoor offense. But like, basically the idea is we're not going to be good enough. We need some kind of a gimmick. And yeah, if, if your gimmick can be, okay, well, first of all, we want to have as few plays in the game as possible because the more plays that there are in a football game, the more that we, Iowa, have a chance to have our lack of athleticism and talent deficit um, exposed. Every play is an opportunity for Iowa to get dominated by somebody because they are Iowa and they are not going to be as good as who they're playing. Not in a, cent, a South Dakota State kind of way. They should be better than that, but, you know, we're all uh, you know, doing our thing. Um, but you get into that and, and you kind of find these ways – you know, if you can play fewer plays, play field position, frustrate the hell out of the other team, because that's that's a big part of any kind of gimmick approach, is that you want the other team to get frustrated and start making mistakes. So, Kirk Ferentz's problem might be that he is too oriented to football and trying to win football games in a football way and not doing what Brian is doing, which is absolute performance art designed to infuriate not only the opponent, but taking it to the next level of infuriating everybody who is watching the game, possibly the players on his own team, the fans in attendance, and those kids up in that hospital. Those, those poor kids deserve so much better. <laughs> Aren't they going through enough? Like, really? Really. They're suffering, though. And the oh funniest part, too, is that Iowa has a reputation of, like, producing tight ends, right? Like, that is one of their one of their things. I feel like Iowa would, like, punch a baby to have any of the tight ends that they had had in the past, like, 10 years. Which, it's just, how, how, how did this happen? They would punch babies too. They, that's how that hospital gets so. Cold. I was about to say that's Not like they have, a, they have a steady stream of babies. Just baby punching. Yep. <laughs> that's all that happens in Iowa it's all just week like long. A vicious cycle. They punch the babies, and then they have a steady yeah. source of babies from people having babies, putting them back in. It's yeah. Hey, hey, kid, want to see a football game? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's a great oh. character builder. And then they grow up. To be the tight ends. Mm-hmm. We're on the cycle. They their own babies, and the cycle continues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shit. Uh, the new take on the generational trauma that is college sports. Yeah. What is Iowa football if not generational trauma? Again, <laughs> exemplified by the Kirk and Brian Ferentz regime. So true. That's what it's all about. Oh, God. Gosh, um, I'd be happy to bring up the the other generational trauma team slash <laughs> Corn State. Oh, please do Nebraska. You got, we didn't cover it last weekend when I was yeah. being tardy, absent, what have you. Yeah, so Nebraska lost their first game to Northwestern. Mm-hmm. They came back and won yesterday against South Dakota State. So. I don't know what's going on with the Dakotas and all these corn teams, but I misidentified who Iowa played. That's right. (laughs) 
Wait, it might have been North Dakota. State. Wait, no, it was, no, like, it was yeah. just North Dakota. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Iowa yeah. did well, play South Dakota. Yeah, State. Right. No, Iowa. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Iowa did uh, South Dakota State, and Nebraska did yeah North Dakota. Iowa so, played the Dragons. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, um, and both were horns. far too close for comfort. That Nebraska game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. That that I mean, would have been it for Scott Frost if they'd lost that. He, I think he knew. <laughs> I was just going to say congratulations to Scott Frost for still being employed. Yeah. Does Big he get the rest him. of the season? What's that? Does he get the rest of the season? Yeah, we'll we'll say. No. I mean, for now, but no. Like, there's no way. Um, I think what's really interesting, too, is he keeps making a lot of, like, gaffes. Um, so he said the thing about, like, the players vomiting. Oh, my gosh. That comments about making about them play, Which was, like, okay, yeah, like, yeah. morbid. Yeah. Not morbid, but, like, very dry humor that did not go over well did but, not land yeah, yeah. right and after, after the um after the game against northwestern i think he made comments that were critical of their uh, offensive coordinator and now he's like going back on those as well so yeah i mean it just seems like an imp- an implosion <laughs> an explosion maybe a little bit of both yeah. is it possible that scott frost is not as good of a football coach as he is cracked up to be yeah, and maybe he's a little uh, – he doesn't know how to back off when he should. Yeah. It's very possible right now, I think. Just well, a little. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be the first coach who went from, you know, kind of a mid-major school to, like, a big-name Power 5 school and couldn't hang. It's a, it's a different world. Like, as, as much as people want to say, oh, no, these, you know – these non, you know, these other schools are still like really competitive and you still have to be a really good coach to survive there. And like, that's all true, but that is also, it's just, it's a huge transition. And some people who were very good coaches just can't make that leap. He reminds me a little of like Lane Kiffin light where it's like, (laughs) but not, but not with the recruiting skills. Yeah. Lane Kiffin minus all of the charm. Yeah. I'm not charmed by Lane Kiffin, but <laughs> somebody might be. Entertaining. Right. There, there's a bunch of people who are. Yeah, exactly. That's true. Scott, That's true. Scott Frost is entertaining in, only in spite of himself. Yes. Speaking, of, speaking of, of Lane, though, Ole Miss had that. Uh, I, I want to talk about the hype video that they had before their game against Troy. Yeah. Because their hype video was like, you know, you go to this well of like, got to have a clean slate. You, you, you know, it doesn't matter how many stars you have. doesn't matter what you've done before. So they've got this whole clean slate messaging, which means that all of their clips are just since the start of fall practice, which means that all of the great plays being shown in the Ole Miss hype video were just Ole Miss defenders getting cooked which you know is also how Ole Miss gets hyped up for games because that's what they do the defenders get cooked yeah. and the offense comes back on the field and they score another touchdown mm-hmm. but I, I just the idea of like being like a freshman DB at Ole Miss and like you're like all right they tweeted the hype <laughs> video I'm so pumped up I came here because Ole Miss is so great with the hype videos and the social media <laughs> guys come here watch this we got the hype vi- oh oh god turn it off turn that off oh, no. turn that off Oh, excitedly God. texting it to your parents 
yeah. before you watch yeah. it because you're just so thrilled and then you watch it and immediately have to be like, like no, you don't don't watch God. that actually. That's so funny. But they do short so the whole video worked. That's good. <laughs> it's such an own goal is the thing though, right? Because like everybody includes practice footage. Like that's pretty standard for the hype video thing. But mm -hmm. like you can't even like find some angles of practice footage that isn't your own team getting just racked. <laughs> and and you can't find more uh as sparse as they may be, like highlights from last year, like shots Anything. of the student section, scenic tours of campus, like some They were good. <laughs> were they were good last year. Right. So I understand that like turnover, whatever, and you want to sort of introduce all this new talent and and yada yada there 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 has to be a better way i mean their opponents are going to start picking kids from that video be like all right we're putting our best wide receiver on him like can't even oh my gosh this is not something that juice given would have done juice no. wouldn't make this mistake never it's true that was that was the other uh, Ole Miss social media thing. Like some professor there putting up on their uh, like on their Twitter like a graphic from like their orientation first day syllabus thing. Like, and it was like, if you don't follow Juice Kiffin Juice Kiffin on Twitter, do you even go here? <laughs> oh my gosh! There's <laughs> they're trying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> trying really hard. <laughs> I, I enjoy what they do because they they know that they're Ole Miss and like if you have to sell the fact that it's for for one thing first of all they're they're Ole Miss they're not calling themselves the University of Mississippi they learned that marketing tactic long long ago yeah but oh man their baseball team is pretty good at this too like they they got the whole thing going but you know more about college baseball I think than anybody I know especially in the SEC so um. <laughs> I also, um, I didn't realize until I think yesterday I, I was looking this or maybe if it was a few days ago because I was, uh, being amazed at pew freeze. Um, <laughs> but I didn't know they still technically have rebels as part of their name. And yeah, it is. I, their thought, name. They, I, th I thought they got rid of it. Yeah. Uh, they got rid of Johnny Reb. Yeah. They got but rid still, of the like, mascot. I mean, what yeah. is the point? <laughs> it's just, I was like, haven't we yeah. been through this before? <laughs> but uh, no. Not enough, apparently. Yeah, not enough. Not enough. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. I can't believe this is so yeah. weird. I mean, I guess that there's only so far that you can go with that when, like, UNLV is also the Rebels. Because it's not mm -hmm. like it's... Yeah. It's also, like you're going to alienate enough of your fan base. And, you know, I'm not saying that these, these people are certainly people who deserve to be alienated, um, but you're already alienating plenty of people by not waving the Confederate flag at games anymore. Um, you're upsetting a lot of people by, you know, taking away the cartoon Confederate general that you had as your right. mascot for all those years. When they could um, have had Admiral Akbar. They could have. So Who's an Admiral? appealing still places. yeah <laughs> yeah i mean if you're well, looking for military uh street credentials there you go 
Admiral. Does Admiral Ackbar have a, oh, I guess, Rebels to tie to Old Miss, though? What is the most Mississippi Star Elvis. Wars? Oh, that's not Star oh, Wars. Oh, yeah, the Mississippi Elvi. I mean, that would be pretty cool. The Mississippi Elvi. I could be the Mississippi that. Morgan Freemans. There you go. Mississippi Oxfords. I feel like the obvious answer is some sort of, and and this the problem with doing this now is that it would inevitably come across as a an Alabama ripoff, but. A river, you know, like, yeah, obviously, tide is not really on the table now, but something river related. Like, when you think of Mississippi, like, that's kind of the thing. So, beavers, there you go, oh Ole God. Miss beavers, or Ole Miss catfish. <laughs> Hell yeah. How do you find you find out what is Nick Saban's least favorite animal? Oh, yeah, that that's is the one. power move. That right there, that is the power that- move. I think Lane can. Lane is capable of pulling that off. Like, guys, yeah. Saban fucking hates otters. We are going to be the <laughs> oldest otters from this point forward. That might force me to be an oldest fan. That might be enough. That might do it. That Saban does hate otters. They're too cute. They lay about. They don't do anything. They're adorable. Everything Nick Saban doesn't like in the whole world. Exactly. Wrapped up in one creature. Yeah, that track. Uh, Nick Saban loves little Debbies. So, what's like a generic or anti little Debbie? The, the Ole Miss hostess. I hit the raise your hand button. That's a new one. Um, There's, uh, I remember like the rumor, there was like a rumor that Nick Saban wore uh, like raised or shoes with platforms in them. So he could be taller. So maybe like the raised yeah. platform shoes. I don't know. <laughs> the Ole Miss lifts and just make like the yeah. back that can be like an elevator. There you go. I love this. What What do we think Saban is pissed off about this week? Because they won, I think, 55 nothing against uh, Utah State. Utah State, yeah. Uh, he's pissed off that they punted ever. Okay. At any any uh, any possession that did not end in points, unacceptable. Yeah, and the other team, you know, Utah State did have some plays of positive yardage during the game. So, right. Yeah, that's not going to cut it against Georgia. My gosh, speaking of that, Georgia oh. team looks scary. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't see sake. anything about that except the score, but yeah. that's not a it, lot of points for the Ducks. No, it, it was not. It was. Yeah, it was it was how the score looked. <laughs> if not worse even. Yeah, I so I regularly I'm interested to see what you guys think about this. Um I mean, I grew up in the south. So I only grew up seeing and watching like mostly SEC until later in the season. Um I'll have this conversation a lot especially with people in Illinois um where we'll talk about football. And I mean, lately, at least the past few years, I mean, I'll try to explain like the SEC is just so dominant that like with big 10 teams, any, any other team, it's like, it's not the same because it's just this, I feel, I feel bad using the word incestuous, but (laughs) I'm going to use it here. I mean, it's just like the recruiting, it's just like going to continue being so dominant until uh, we don't have these, the divisions like this anymore. Um, but I feel like that game was really like 
an example. I mean, you have Oregon, who's supposed to be a number 11, just getting absolutely destroyed. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's interesting to me. And it's I feel like it's another argument for these divisions. Although everybody's just going into the SEC, so maybe it'll just become not even... It's not even NCAA football anymore. It's like NCAA subdivision <laughs> SEC. <Yeah. laughs> we we will eventually talk about, it, and I I promise. I think I've had all of you guys take a look at the the realignment idea that I was working on. But mm-hmm. we, we will talk about that at some point after I write about it um, and why you know this sport is. We have a lot to talk about about why this sport is the best up as as it is, and the other sport too. Um, yeah, no, it, it is just, it is such a wide gap from like the top six or seven or eight in any, in any given year. Like you have this top group that's all SEC and Big Ten and Clemson. Um, and then just such a huge drop off to everybody else. Um, I don't know how you deal with that other than saying this top group is its own league but um that's not what we have that's not what we're gonna have it's a sport that has a hundred plus teams spread out across 10 different leagues um i was going somewhere with that thought oh yes there were uh, two teams from that top of the list who did play each other and we talked about it a little bit last week and i i just want to give a chance for Grace to in in any way give any reactions, thoughts, venting. We're thirty seven minutes into this now, so it's it's free. Everybody who you know, if you have to curse them, if you have to, you know, whatever you need to do. Yeah, um, honestly, you know, it I've sat through so much worse at this point. I mean, I've been a fan for twenty years and I've sat through a lot worse than what happened last night. So, I mean, we were leading until late in the third quarter. I think that the fact that I had hope made it much more painful come fourth quarter because I went in with super low expectations. Then they got raised and then they got shot down from that sky. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I was pretty happy with what I saw. I think there's some adjustments that need to be made. But overall, you know, you can't can't complain can't complain I like Marcus Freeman a lot so I'm excited to see it's you know it's his first game and that's a tough first game that also may be like the optimal kind of aside from a win like yeah obviously but to to have that loss and have it be a loss to Ohio State in week one and Columbus um, Columbus close Leading for most of the game, your Notre Dame. Well, all you have to do now is go out and win a whole bunch, and you're exactly right in that playoff. You just got to finish the other, the other ten yeah. or eleven. Like, yeah, honestly, like if they finish what, however many more games they have, and mm-hmm. one, and oh. the one is Ohio State, it's going to be make tough the to keep playoff. them out. Can't keep them out. Yeah. Absolutely. So we can all be scared of that now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man but yeah no I mean it was yeah there there were ups and downs it was you know my parents actually went to the game so they were deep in enemy territory but uh they actually they chose not to wear Notre Dame branded shirts uh out of the fear of their lives from Ohio State fans so just kind of showed up in some 
subtle navy blue flew under the radar there. Is that is is Columbus that much of a tough place? I was I was hearing some stories from my friends who were there. Yeah. Okay. It was. It, it didn't sound like they were the most welcoming band of uh, of fans we've ever encountered, but huh. you know. That's surprising to hear about Ohio State. Such a such a pleasant, no. warm, mm-hmm. historically just like exactly caring atmosphere of uh, program university. Yeah, definitely not Idiot. inclined to get hung up on small perceived slights or anything. No, sure, no, never. That wouldn't be that. No. Uh, so yeah, that is a little surprising here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I did no preparation for playing our little pick game because um, I'm in Maryland. I'm I'm um, happy and satisfied that we actually got this show um, going today. Uh, we can. I, I have no idea what's on the schedule for this week. Do we have any thoughts about week two? I I don't know. I'm I'm happy to just be through week one. Uh, my my game of the week. My game of the week for pick two or for week two is the Fresno State game. I think Fresno State's next two weeks are going to be, well, they're going to be, uh, either they're going to be great or they're going to be terrible, but they are uh, higher stakes than most. They play Oregon State next week and they play USC <clears throat> the following week. So uh, boy, howdy, that, that could go a lot of ways. Um, Jake Hayner is a crazy person and I love him deeply. Like, uh, I love a quarterback who plays like he was just doing a line of Coke and possessed by, uh, like a rabid badger. Like that's, that's really the vibe that I'm looking for, uh, to lead my program. So like genuinely, he's so much fun. Um, and, and the, uh, Fresno State Cal Poly game this week was very entertaining. So I I do think they can hang with Oregon State at least. Um but but it's it's gonna it's gonna be a thing regardless. Can't wait to see the Rose Bowl, the Ole Miss Coke the the Ole Miss Otters against the Fresno State Coke Badgers. <laughs> Uh, look, it was 101 at kickoff on Thursday night. Um, so only Coke Badgers get out alive is, I think, the moral of the story there. What is a Wolverine other than a Coke Badger? And is that is that what they basically are? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with yes. Okay. Yeah. That seems like a good spot to run on. Um Let's all find the Coke Badgers in our own lives over the next week. And we'll come back and discuss week two and whatever else uh, we discuss here on Not a Football Podcast. Alabama's playing Texas. That is going to be. Yeah, that's my, I think that's my pick of next week. Of just chaos to walk. Yeah. 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 Trying to see what else stands out to be here before we get going. Let's do it. I love tennis. I'm I'm all for Tennessee Pittsburgh. I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. Also, Pitt, Pitt this week. My goodness, uh, they're back. They're te- still Pitt. Texas A&M and App- Appalachian State again. So yes. I like it'll be weird. <laughs> yeah. So we are that's, going to have we do have the coked up. 
cooked up wolverine we do. badger lots of that yeah we'll figure out next week what other animals around college football are coked up uh i'm jesse Spector. <laughs> Um, for Grace McDermott and Brad Huber and Keelan Ballou, uh, thank you so much for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Go see worldspen.com for that fashion show and whatever our other insane things I put up there before winning the five people who might actually wear them. Um, that's it for this show. Thank you all so much, and we'll see you next time.